time. Woo! Yay! Hello! Hi, everybody! Hello! I'm back! Welcome back to Bummer Slam! Happy Bummer Slam, everybody! I'm so happy to be back, and I'm really sorry for this um, unplanned extended hiatus that I am just now coming off of, um, but I have some good news, and it's that I just quit my job! Um, I'm not technically allowed to say fuck that place yet because I still work there for another week, but I did quit my job. There will hopefully be no more long hiatus. There better not be any more long hiatus because I'm going to have all this fucking free time. What the hell am I going to do? And what the hell are you going to do? You're in quarantine, I assume. You should be if you're not. Um, so it's just smooth sailing from here in these trying, uncertain quarantine days. So the happy Bummer Slam, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to you. Welcome back to me as well. Very happy to be here. This episode, I am going to be talking about WrestleMania 36, which just happened. It is currently Tuesday, so I needed a couple of days to regroup from that fucking mess. Um, WrestleMania 36 was the weirdest thing ever. It spanned over two days, um, and there was no audience because of the fucking COVID-19 pandemic. It was agonizing, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, but we'll, we will go more into that later. And... I'm just gonna fucking get right into it. No more beating around the bush. No more bullshit. Just bummer slam. Just wrestling. Um, I would like to say before I actually begin that I am not going to be talking in depth about every single match on the card because, quite frankly, um, there were more matches I didn't like than I did like, and I don't really feel like being that negative <laughs> on my show right now. So just so you're aware, I'm not going to be talking about everything. Also, I did not watch either of the kickoff shows, the pre-WrestleMania shows, because I was sitting for fucking six and a half hours of wrestling over two days, and I uh, did not want to sit through any more than I had to. So I will not be talking about either of the matches from the kickoff shows. I think it was Liv Morgan and Natty on the second night and fucking Cesaro... And Drew Gulak, I want to say. I don't fucking know. I did not watch it, and I don't care. Um, so there's that. I realize now that it sounds like I um, <laughs> I hate wrestling and that it's a chore to be here. It's really not. I, I knew I wanted to do an episode about this WrestleMania, like, when I started the podcast. Like, oh, WrestleMania, we're obviously going to be talking about that. And then with everything that has been going on, the lack of audience and everything, um... It's just made it, it's made it very interesting. We'll just talk about it. We'll just talk about it. Okay. So, WrestleMania 36. Okay, it's the very first WrestleMania to span over two nights, which is kind of interesting. They maybe should have been doing that from the beginning because nobody wants to sit for four hours, which is what basically all of their pay-per-views are now. So, two nights may be a good idea. It was still a very long time to be sitting, but, I mean, it's better than the alternative. Um, this was also the very first WrestleMania to feature and promote the NXT brand, which has kind of become their third brand over the last year, um, which was really cool. There's a lot of really good talent in NXT that I think is being underappreciated. They need to be more in the mainstream limelight. So it was kind of cool to see all of these NXT folks that don't really get their time in the sun shine here on WrestleMania. Um, I actually shouldn't say shine because very few NXT people went away winners on this Wrestlemania, which is another reason that I didn't fucking love it. But it is what it is. It's over now. It's in the past. It's part of history, which is what what we talk about here on Bummer Slam History, which is fucking where I'm going to be going. I do not want to watch any more of this new programming. Okay, so Wrestlemania 36 was pre-recorded. 
that is so weird to me because they are always live always always live that's kind of their thing um pre-recorded it kind of felt a little cheap um i realized they did it out of necessity but it was just strange and unusual to see something not live from the wwe um, okay, we're gonna go into the first night. We'll just go right into the first night here. They start out, I watched it on the WWE Network, of course, and they start out with, like, the, don't fucking pirate this, this thing, don't pirate this, and the WrestleMania is pirate-themed. That's cute. <laughs> okay. Um, and we start out with Stephanie McMahon, the, the fucking future of WWE, giving this little announcement about how different this WrestleMania is going to be, how unique it is. Unique was the word that she used a lot because there's no fucking audience. She was like, this is a, this is a fucking historic WrestleMania, which, um, I wonder if she did that, if she gave that little announcement beforehand because she knew it was going to be fucking trash. And so she was like, disclaimer, uh, this is not, this is not the quality that we're used to. So just beware. Um, and it starts with, a, like, a supercut of national anthems that people did at WrestleMania throughout the years, and so much of this little supercut thing was me being like, wow, I didn't know Little Richard did WrestleMania, things like that. That was kind of cool. I really liked that. Um, and then they did, like, a beginning montage. It was, like, a pirate thing. It was, like, a movie, okay? So they tried to do, like, a Pirates of the Caribbean thing. They had, like, a Johnny Depp Jack Sparrow impersonator doing the the narration and fucking main voiceover and whatever. And I think it was trying to be, like, subversive and a little bit meta, but I thought it was fucking stupid. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't think it was fucking stupid. I thought it was a bit weird, though. Um... Also in this little little beginning montage, Roman Reigns is all throughout this montage, which is very funny to me because Roman Reigns didn't wrestle at this WrestleMania at all. He pulled out, I want to say a, a week before, a week and a half before, something like that. He was um, scheduled to wrestle Goldberg for the Universal Championship, but that did not happen. Instead, it was Goldberg versus Braun Strowman, which was <laughs> just the greatest. We'll talk about that here in a bit. Um, but yeah, Roman Reigns, even though his presence was not there, his presence was still felt. That was very funny. The, th the theme song of WrestleMania this year is apparently Blinding Lights by The Weeknd, which, okay, whatever. Like, that song bops, but I d it did not fit at all, especially with the fucking pirate theme that they're trying to do. This, like, fucking disco techno 80s banger, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd, um, does not fit that fucking whatever anyway okay the first match of the night was the women's tag team title match alexa bliss and nikki cross versus the kabuki warriors who are asuka and Kyrie sane um this was the first match i have watched that wwe has done since they stopped putting an audience in their show so i was so thrown off by it for the first like 10 minutes of this match i just kept saying this shit is so weird it's so weird where is the audience i can't hear anything except for these people wrestling and like when there is an audience you can like kind of hear them go like ah, 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 ah. you can kind of hear them like talking shit and everything but you could hear everything they were saying because we were right there with them it was very weird it was very jarring and it kind of took me out of the moment um that's not their fault they kind of 
already made that choice. You know, they decided they wanted to go on with WrestleMania. So this was the way that it had to be. But I did not like it. I don't like not having an audience. I don't like... I don't like it. I just don't like it. Um, this match was not great. I didn't love it. It was very, very low energy. And that's not their fault either, I don't think. Because it... Like, I think about it how I think about acting. Like... It's so much easier to play in front of an audience than it is to play for nobody. And I'm sure it was exactly the same thing for all of these people. Um, the, it just didn't get to the place that it needed to for me. It was not really a great opening match. I did not love it. Um, Alexa and Nikki won. They won the women's tag team titles. Didn't love this match. Um, it's We'll just keep going from there. <laughs> okay. Uh, the second match was... King Corbin versus Elias. Um, wow, those are two people that I don't give even a little bit of a fuck about. Uh, I don't care at all. I don't care even a little bit. Uh, this match was okay, though. It was fine. It was a good little wrestling match. It felt... It was a lot better than the, the first match. I'll say that. Um, Elias can chop like a motherfucker. It was so good. I really appreciated that. That was entertaining to watch. Um, it was fine you know it was kind of good to see king corbin get his ass beat because he's like a crazy heel and nobody likes him elias won this match obviously he had to because king corbin is such a heel right now overall i like this match it was fine i will never watch it again because i don't care um but it was fine it was it was better than the first one so okay we got one up and one down so far that's not so bad okay the third match of the first night was becky lynch Versus Shayna Baszler for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Okay. This was probably the match I was most excited about at this WrestleMania. Because these are probably my two favorite wrestlers on WWE's current roster right now. I really like both of these women. I think they're both fucking badass and really good at their jobs. Um, so... I really didn't care who won this match. I kind of had a feeling that Becky was going to retain because I don't really feel like she's done with her title reign yet. But at the same time, I am kind of getting tired of her, tired of seeing her win all the time. I think that there, I think that there needs to be a loss, a big loss of some kind for her, for her to still be such a baby face. And I think Shayna Baszler would have been the perfect person to drop the title to because she's such a big, you know, she's such a big star for NXT right now. She's, like, kind of a beast. Um, I gave away the ending, sorry. <laughs> uh, it started out with Becky coming in on her fucking rig. She's driving her rig, doing a great job. I didn't know Becky could drive a rig. Um, yeah, that was fun. Uh, the match was good. It was a good little wrestling match. The psychology was there, you know. They're both excellent wrestlers, obviously. Um, Becky won, which is fine. You know, I get it. It was fine. It felt like such a letdown, though, because for a while there, I really, really thought that Shayna might actually get the title. But at the same time, though, what the fuck? Okay, so this is what I thought during the match. We will talk about it later because we will get there on night two. Um, I was like, what the fuck is going to happen if Shayna shows up on NXT on Wednesday with the women's raw belt? Okay, so Becky obviously has to win. Spoiler alert ahead. Someone from a different brand now has the belt of a different brand. 
So that's cool. Um, I was unhappy with the outcome of that match. It was... I, from a booking standpoint, it did not go where it needed to go. And I'm really worried that because of this, because Becky keeps winning, she has beaten everybody, and there's no one else for her to fight, that people are going to get tired of her, and she's going to get stale, and she's going to start getting booed, which I'm not really interested in unless she is interested in doing a heel turn which might be good for her i don't know i mean maybe not right now because she is such a big baby face and she's got the belt still but we'll see what happens we'll see where it goes that match was fine it was whatever okay moving on so the fourth match of the night was daniel bryan versus Sami Zayn. i believe this was for what the fuck is happening with all of the static Okay, it's gone now. Sorry, audience. Um, no, you motherfuckers, stop doing that. I apologize for the technical difficulties. I'm going to work through them, as are you. Okay, so the fourth match of the night was Daniel Bryan versus Sami Zayn. I believe it was for the Intercontinental title. And I wasn't really sure what was going to happen. I mean, Sami Zayn did just win the Intercontinental title, so... It was kind of expected that he was going to retain, but I wasn't really sure because, you know, WWE is never really sure what they're going to do with Daniel Bryan, as it seems. Um, this match was whatever. There was a lot of interference between um, fucking Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro, who came out with Sami Zayn, who's like this crazy obnoxious heel now, I guess. Um, it was, it was fine. It was whatever, you know? It's another match that I will probably never, ever watch again, but that's to be expected. Um, Sami Zayn won, retained the Intercontinental title. Good for him. Great. We're moving on. Let's just fucking get through this, people. All right, the fifth match of the night. It was a triple threat tag team title match. Okay, that's exciting. And this was maybe one of the only matches that would have done well in like a traditional pay-per-view setting had there been an audience. Um, and it was the New Day versus the Usos, versus John Morrison and The Miz, but they only had one person from each tag team come out. And so from The New Day, it was Kofi Kingston. From The Usos, it was Jimmy Uso. And from John Morrison and The Miz, it was John Morrison. So it was just three, these three guys, okay. And whoever, you know, climbs to the top of the ladder, unlatches at least one of the belts, and comes down with it, is the new tag team champions for their entire team. Okay. Um, this was a fun little match um i love when there's a stipulation like a kind of gimmick in the stipulation like oh ladders oh you gotta fucking climb all the way up to the ladder and grab the belt those are always exciting and fun this was really hard to watch with no audience i think that they were able to keep their energy up pretty well and they did the best they could in the circumstances but it's just really really strange to do a match particularly a match of this type with no audience um other than that i mean it was a fine match you know they did the best they could it was fun um and john morrison wins for john morrison and the miz cool great the miz is a very interesting character i'd love to talk about him more on this show because he kind of came from the outside he was a fucking reality tv star who became a wrestler that's funny that's cool i love that okay the sixth match of the night. This was Kevin Ro or Kevin Rollins. Oh my god, that's, that's two different people. Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. Okay. And Seth Rollins is a... I don't watch WWE. I'm sorry. 
Seth Rollins is apparently, like, this, like, self-absorbed, self-proclaimed messiah of wrestling, which, okay, that's fun, that's cool. He reminds me a little bit of, like, super evil CM Punk here, who I miss dearly. Um, and Kevin Owens, you know, Kevin Owens is never going to get booed in his life. He's, like, he reminds me so much of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, this was a, an interesting match. Kevin Owens won this match by disqualification because Seth Rollins, like, fucking... I don't even remember. I didn't write it down. But Seth Rollins got counted out, basically, and he was disqualified. So Kevin Owens won by disqualification. But, you know, Kevin Owens is babyface. He's just like Stone Cold. He's not gonna fucking quit until he's done. And he wants a rematch. He's like, you, that, that wasn't the way that I wanted this match to end. He wants a no disqualification rematch right now. Okay. And so a no disqualification match means that you literally cannot be disqualified. That's what it means. It's in the title. So the match can only be won by pinfall or submission. So you can be outside of the ring as much as you want. You can get a pin outside of the ring if you so wish. Um, and of course, Kevin, you know, he's going around kicking the shit out of Seth. They do like a crazy bump off the, the fucking WrestleMania sign or whatever. And it was a little lackluster. I'm going to be real with you. It was not a great bump. Um, but it was a good way to end the match. And Kevin, of course, won by pinfall because he had to. So Kevin Owens, good for him. Everyone loves to see their fave win. I'm sure a bunch of people did there. Who doesn't love Kevin Owens? The seventh match of the night. Oh my God. Okay. I'm so excited about this one. This was my favorite match of the night because it is maybe the worst wrestling match I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay. So everybody and their dog knows that Bret Hart is the love of my life. I love him so much. Bret Hart hates Bill Goldberg. He hates Bill Goldberg so much because Bill Goldberg fucking kicked him in the head, gave him a concussion that gave him a stroke and ended his career, right? Bill Goldberg has a reputation for hurting people in the ring and he's kind of a shitty wrestler. I'm not gonna lie to you, he's not a good wrestler, but he is extremely famous and extremely popular because he was such a fucking beast when he was in WCW. He's a great character, he has the charisma, but his in-ring skill is just not really there. Okay, and so this match, Braun Strowman versus Bill Goldberg, who I guess was the universal champion. Okay, that's cool. Um, so here we come, Bill, Go Bill Goldberg coming down the ring. We start the match. Bill Goldberg immediately hits Braun Strowman with four spears in a row right off the bat. Spear, 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 spear. And then Braun Strowman gets the upper hand, hits him with four power slams. Power slam, power slam, power slam, power slam. And that was the entire match. Braun Strowman <laughs> is now the universal champion after four spears and four power slams. I cannot wait to hear what Bret Hart thinks about this match because he loves talking shit about Bill Goldberg. Oh my god. Maybe the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was crazy. I knew it wasn't going to be a very good match, but oh my god, I had no idea how bad it was going to be. It's certainly the worst match I've ever seen at WrestleMania. Let's put it that. And the eighth and final match of night one, this was a good match. Okay, this was my favorite match of the night. This was a boneyard match, which means they fucking wrestled in a graveyard, between AJ Styles and The Undertaker. Yes, that's right, The Undertaker. <laughs> um, so The Undertaker apparently came back at Elimination Chamber, 
and AJ Styles was talking shit about Michelle McCool, who is The Undertaker's wife. And so he's like, I'll see you at WrestleMania. I was, I had very low expectations for this match because The Undertaker is extremely old. He's very old for a wrestler. And AJ Styles is maybe the best wrestler in the world right now. So I didn't really have high expectations for this. Um, the stipulation of this match, it's like a Buried Alive match that they used to do all the time in the fucking 80s and 90s with The Undertaker, where um, you have to, like, throw your opponent in a coffin or in a fucking grave plot and pour dirt over them and bury them alive. And that's how you win the match, okay? That's fun. I love that. <laughs> of course, Of course that's The Undertaker's thing. And, um, at first I thought this match was really weird because it was not in the performance center. It was outside, of course, in the graveyard. And it was shot like a movie. It was a cinematic match. And at first I was like, what the fuck is this? This is weird. I don't know if I like this. But, um, they had, like, music intercutting it. And it was, it was like watching a movie. It was really interesting. Um... The Undertaker brought back his American badass gimmick from when I was a kid. That was fun. He came in looking like a biker, riding on his fucking hog. It was it was gay. It reminded me of home. I'm from Sturgis, South Dakota. <laughs> um, yeah, at first I thought this match was really weird because of the cinematic element. But as it progressed, I, I realized that's what they had to do. That's what they had to do for these two guys in this match. AJ Styles, you know, he's an amazing wrestler. The Undertaker, he's a fucking legend. But, you know... The skill just really isn't there anymore because he's he's not in his prime anymore. And so being able to, like, shoot it and film it in certain ways that make both guys look so good, that was really smart. And it was a really engaging and interesting match for that reason. Um, AJ Styles, you know, he beat the shit out of Undertaker. He put him in the grave plot, was about to pour dirt over him. He's, like, cackling from the fucking, the tractor that he's on. And, uh, Undertaker just appears behind him and is like, surprise, motherfucker, you can't kill me. I'm the fucking Undertaker. And, uh, they fight a little bit more. AJ Styles, of course, ends up buried alive. And Undertaker wins what I assume is going to be his re his last WrestleMania. It was really, really good. I loved this match. It was super fun. So that was night one. Night one of WrestleMania 36 is complete. Um, it was mostly bullshit, but there were a couple of gems in there. The Becky Shane match was really good. I liked that one a lot. I liked the, the latter triple threat tag team title match. Uh, Seth Rollins and KO was okay, it was fine. The Braun Strowman-Bill Goldberg match ended my life. So funny. And the AJ Styles-Undertaker Boneyard match, I will watch again. Shit was great. It was really cool. Um, I would like to talk a little more about that match, actually, because the style that they did it in, you know, the cinematic-style wrestling match, I think that in these uncertain times, I hate that phrase, but I am going to use it, when we don't really know when WWE is going to have a live event that has an audience in it, I think that this direction is the direction that they should be taking if they want to keep their brand and their product fresh. It's clearly not working in the performance center with no audience right now. Nobody likes it. Everybody thinks it's weird. It really only makes sense to continue doing these really engaging um, movie-style matches. It's really interesting and fun, and I think that they could do a lot of stuff with it that we haven't seen before. Why not make something new 
if the old thing isn't working. Come on, guys. Let's fucking go. All right. So that was night one of WrestleMania. Cool. Whatever. We shall move on to the second night. WrestleMania 36. Here we go. Night two. Um, starts out with the same, the exact same weird pirate montage at the beginning that I hate. I hate it. It's dumb. Um, we'll move on. The first match of the night was Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship. I kind of teased this a little bit earlier. I think you know what's going to happen. Um, I really like both these wrestlers. I think Charlotte Flair, you know, she's the queen who doesn't love Charlotte. And Rhea Ripley is a total badass, so the outcome didn't really matter to me. I would have been fine if either of these women had won the match. Um, I will say that I did not like Rhea's ring gear. It didn't suit her at all. She was wearing, like, white and blue. I don't think white when I think Rhea Ripley. She's goth, you know? <laughs> she only wears black. I thought that was kind of a mistake, but, I mean, it was a cute outfit, but it, it just not for her. Um, this was a really good match. This, I'm gonna go out on a limb right now and say that this was my favorite match of night two, which sucks because it's the fucking first one. Um, because this felt like a real fight. You know, shit was brutal. The psychology was there. I felt like these two, like, really had, really had a fucking real beef against each other that they had to take out in the ring. I loved this match. I thought it was fantastic. I, I think it's a classic, a new classic WrestleMania match for me. Um, Charlotte won. She won by submission, which means that Charlotte Flair is now the NXT Women's Champion. So, what does that mean for the brand that she's on? She's going to show up to her brand with the brand of someone else, okay? What's gonna happen there, and why the fuck couldn't Shayna do it? That's my real question. Um, whatever. It's in the fucking past, who cares? They're- I don't wanna- Listen to my ideas and you won't be a lost cause, you motherfuckers. I loved this match. This was a really good match. Fantastic. Sorry it only goes down here from here. Downhill from here. Down here from here. Um, <laughs> there were like- Of course there were commercials. And I was pissed about it at first. I'm like, I'm fucking paying for this subscription. What is going on with these commercials? But they're all uh, WWE related commercials. And they were showing a little advertisement for The Big Show Show. I guess The Big Show has his own fucking Full House style sitcom on Netflix now. I think that came out yesterday. Um, haven't watched it yet. It's on my list. We'll see. We'll see about that. It sounds kind of cute. We'll see. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go in ironically, if you know. You know what I mean. Um... So the Big Show Show, check that out. Let me know what you think at Bummerslampod. Uh, the second match of the night was Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley. Okay. So I know I've already said this, but these are two people that I could give a single fuck about. I do not care even a little bit about either of them. And so I will admit that I was doing other things while this match was happening. Um, I know that Bobby Lashley has had a thing with Rusev. Because Rusev and Lana got married, and then it was like, oh, Rusev's a cuck. Lana, you're gonna be with me, Bobby Lashley. It's fucking dumb, and I don't like it. But I'm also not in charge, so that's whatever. Aleister Black won this match because he had to, because Bobby Lashley, everyone hates him right now because he stole Rusev's wife. Um, Aleister Black, good for you. What a, what a time. You can put that on your resume now. You won at WrestleMania. Fantastic. Third match of the night was Dolph Ziggler versus Otis. This was kind of a fun little matchup, okay? 
over the past, like, couple of months or whatever, WWE has been putting this storyline together, this, like, love story of Otis, who's this, like, really big farmer-looking dude, and Mandy Rose, who's super hot. And it's, it's like, oh, she would never go out with you because she's too hot for you, but she's like, he's kind of cute. I kind of like him. And he asked her out on fucking Valentine's Day. They were supposed to have a date on Valentine's Day. And, um... Apparently, Mandy Rose's tag team partner, Sonya Deville, was, like, secretly texting Otis from Mandy's phone, telling her, telling him that he was going to be, she was going to be a little late for this date, even though she wasn't. And so Otis was like, oh, okay, more time for me to get hyped up and ready for my date with Mandy Rose. Meanwhile, Mandy Rose is just fucking chilling at this restaurant, thinking she got stood up by Otis. And Dolph Ziggler comes in and fucking sweeps her off her feet, takes her away. It was all an elaborate plot between Sonya Deville and Dolph Ziggler to steal Mandy Rose away from Otis. And so now they're going to fucking fight about it. And um, this was <laughs> an interesting little match. I, li I like matches of um, big guys versus smaller guys. I think that's such an interesting dynamic, and it's always fun to watch. Um, you know, they're kicking the shit out of each other. Dolph has got the upper hand for the most part and out comes Mandy Rose and she's ready to fight Sonya Deville because she found out that fucking she and Dolph had this like conspiracy all along so she's just beating the shit out of Sonya and she comes up she fucking like slaps Dolph Ziggler gets Otis the assist so he wins the match yay and as the match ends Otis picks up Mandy Rose carries her out and they kiss Ah, it's so cute <laughs> Um, this reminded me of old-timey wrestling that I watched when I was a kid, where it had, like, such a clear, obvious story around it. I really like matches like this. Um, it was cute. It was fun. I might watch it again someday if I watched all the, the build-up to it as well. It was cute. Uh, the fourth match of the night. This was- oh god, okay. This was a last man standing match. And it was Edge versus Randy Orton. Okay, if you remember in my Royal Rumble episode- Edge came out during the Royal Rumble to wrestle. He had not been in the WWE for nine years because of this, like, horrible, horrible uh, neck and back injury. And um, I didn't think he was ever going to wrestle again. So when he came out at the Royal Rumble, it was like, oh, shit, he's, like, back back. You know what I mean? And um, Edge and Randy Orton, you know, they used to have a tag team, rated RKO. They were best friends. And apparently Randy Orton has been, like, beating the shit out of Edge because he's like, you're making a mistake coming back to wrestling. I don't want to see you get hurt again, and so I'm going to hurt you before anyone else can. Uh, okay. Um, and so they're going to fight about it here at WrestleMania. You know, the flagship show of the year. Of course, we're going to have Edge back. If he's back, he's back. You know what I mean? This match was so fucking long. Okay, it was the last man standing match, which means, you know, no pinfalls, no submissions, no stipulations, except for, in order to win the match, you have to incapacitate your opponent to the point that they cannot stand up after a 10 count. That's the only thing, that's the only way that you can win this match. This match went on for so long, it felt like the longest thing in the world. Joe Bob fell asleep halfway through it, if that tells you anything. Um, and honestly, it was kind of hard to watch, too, because of what we know about Edge's health problems. And even the commentators on this match were super quiet throughout the whole match. It was mostly just hearing 
Randy and Edge. Oh, oh God. And the fucking commentators are like, it wasn't supposed to be like this. It was, it was, <laughs> I kind of felt the same way that they did. I didn't really want to want to say anything or look away because it was so hard to watch. Um, Edge wins because, of course, he wins. He had to win. It's WrestleMania. And Randy Orton will never be a babyface. <laughs> never in his life has he or will he. Um, it was it was fine. It was I probably won't watch it again because it was a bit like, ugh, God, what if something happens and he actually does get hurt, you know? Um, it was fine, though. It was whatever. Fifth match of the night. Okay, this was a fatal five-way. This was for the Women's SmackDown Championship. And it was against Bayley, who was the current SmackDown Women's Champion, Sasha Banks, Naomi, Tamina, and Lacey Evans. Okay. So, basically, Bayley and Sasha Banks, who were best friends, air quotes, teamed up and they slaughtered everybody. Sasha got eliminated, but she came back later to assist Bayley for the win so she can pin Lacey Evans. Um... There should have been a title change here, like so much of this fucking show, but there was not, and that is why the company is stale. Uh, <laughs> just saying, maybe I'm just bitter because I love Naomi, I love Naomi, and I think she deserves the strap, but, you know, I'm not in charge, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I'm sure. Um, this match was very disappointing. It went on, I, I don't really feel like it went on long enough. I thought it could have been a longer match. They could have cut down the Edge-Randy Orton match by, I don't know, 10 or so minutes and made the Fatal 5-Way plus perhaps another match a little bit longer. Um, this, yeah, this match was disappointing. It was whatever, you know. Nothing against Bailey, but I didn't really, didn't really believe that she was going to win. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's that match, whatever. Okay, the sixth match of the night. This was the Firefly Funhouse match, and it was against The Fiend and John Cena, which is an interesting matchup. Um, everyone on Twitter seems to love this match. They're like, oh my god, the Firefly Funhouse match is the best thing to happen to wrestling this decade. Um, I did not love this match because, uh, I kind of wanted to watch some fucking wrestling. That's crazy, right? I wanted to watch somebody wrestle at WrestleMania. That was very stupid of me. Um, this match was in kind of, kind of loosely the same style as the Boneyard match, which I really, really liked. Um, but instead of it being a wrestling match, it was the Fiend taking John Cena through time at, like, at various, like, wrestling moments. Like, at one point, John Cena was Hollywood Hulk Hogan, and The Fiend was Eric Bischoff. And th there was another part where The Fiend was Kurt Angle, and John Cena was, you know, his first ever appearance on WWE programming. And, um, like, I... People on Twitter seem to be like, oh my god, it's like a love letter to the fans. It's like a love letter to the fans. And I just thought it was fucking stupid. <laughs> um, I didn't really think- it was kind of tongue-in-cheek. I didn't find it particularly funny. It was fairly entertaining. That's- that, I'll give it that. I mean, it did keep my attention because I was like, what? What the fuck? But, I mean- it went in a completely different direction than it needed to go for me to enjoy it. Which, that's fine, you know? I, you can't fucking please everybody. It's not gonna end up that way every time. I probably will never watch this again, but 
it, I mean, it stands out. It's interesting. And I will give them credit for taking in this, this cinematic style that worked so well in the previous night. I think that was a risk that needed to be taken. And even though it didn't work out for me, you know, I mean, I think it's a step in the right direction. So, you know. Okay. This, okay, we're done. We're fucking done with WrestleMania now because we are at the seventh and final match. Praise Christ. This was the WWE Championship match. It was Brock Lesnar... South Dakota hero, much like Shayna Baszler, versus Drew McIntyre, who won the Royal Rumble, if you'll remember. Um, by this point, it was after 9 p.m., and I said out loud, if this isn't over by 9.30, I am turning it off and abandoning this company forever. And I guess they heard me, because this match was over by, like, 9.15. Um, this was a strange match, because it was very, very short. Brock didn't really get a lot of offense in other than a million F5s, which is kind of his strategy. And Drew, like, kicked out at one from an F5, which the commentators were like, Oh my god, no one's ever done that before! Like, okay, whatever. And Brock was pissed about it, you can see visibly. Um, it was very obvious that Drew was going to win. They, they set it up that way, Brock Lesnar could not win. But nevertheless, it was good to see him win, and it was good to see Brock lose as well, especially after winning so much, we're getting tired of him. You know, Brock Lesnar, he's a legend in his own right, but I mean, there's only so much of the same that we can take. And so it's really good to see this title change in particular. There were so few title changes at this WrestleMania that this one was kind of like a breath of fresh air. Um, it was really good. Yeah, yeah, really good to see Drew win. Uh, that being said, I'm really sad that it had to happen at this particular WrestleMania because he didn't get the audience that he deserved. He didn't get to celebrate with them the way that he should have because, you know, everybody likes Drew McIntyre. He's really popular right now. Obviously, he's the fucking WWE champion. He's the face of the company right now. Um, so that was sad. I kind of feel bad there, but I, I'm sure it doesn't bother him too much. He's got the strap now. Um, that's WrestleMania 36, okay? I kind of sped through it, but I didn't want to talk about it that much. So, I mean, overall, I thought it was mostly bad. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I did think it was mostly bad. And that is six and a half hours of my life that I'm never going to get back. But the Rhea Charlotte match and the Boneyard match were really good. I liked those a lot. And I will be laughing about the Goldberg Braun Strowman match for possibly the rest of my life. I cannot wait to see what Bret Hart says about this match. Um, that's it for Bummer Slam this week. I'm done. I'm done talking about WrestleMania now and maybe forever. Um, next week is Chris Benoit. I know that I said three weeks ago it was going to be Chris Benoit. Next week is going to be Chris Benoit. It takes a lot out of me emotionally to talk about that shit. I have no reason to put it off anymore, though. Not gonna have a job, not gonna have anything to do. So it's going to happen. It's going to happen soon. Just be prepared for the feels because it will be awful. <laughs> and on that extremely happy note, I mean, wrestling's real, people are fake, whatever it takes.